the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening, and welcome to the Andrea K Show. It is Monday night here in San Diego in the AM 1170 KCBQ studios, and I am joined here tonight. With none other than DJ Carrot Sticks Todd. That's DJ Carrot Sticks Todd. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, if I sound a little like hyped up and amped up, it's because up above my left eye is the Charger game that Todd has up on the big screen for me. Hey, y'all bear with me, you know, because my Saints are out of the season, okay? We all know it, one and four. Saints fan till I die, but let's be real, peeps. They ain't even got a prayer of mustering up anything at the end of the season. So we got a hot one here in San Diego tonight, not just because it's probably still 80 degrees over in Qualcomm, but because we're barely up over these Steelers who don't even have their main quarterback. We're stuck having to watch this dog fighting fool Michael Vick tossing the ball around here. Come on, Chargers. Okay, y'all need y'all need to work this out or you might have some dynamite showing up down at the locker room there tonight after the show. Hey, we got lots to cover here tonight on the show, including we're going to keep you updated here in San Diego and everywhere on what the Chargers score is. We got so much to cover, though. We've got uh, we've got some California craziness that we're going to talk about in the second hour, actually. And why would I talk about California craziness on a show that where I spend so much time talking about the national scene It's because what happens here happens everywhere this is like the beta test you know how like fast food places like you know put something on the menu and they want to try it out someplace and if it works they're going to roll it out everywhere well we got some crazy that's about to be rolled out nationally that's been happening here with moonbeam we're going to talk about that in the second hour before that we're going to talk about everything involving a revolution uh everything from what's going on with the gun control second amendment uh the gop race everything involving our military in iran and syria even including the California lunacy. What am I talking about? Uh, and also in the second hour, before I forget, we've, you know, in the middle of all this heat, me bringing the dynamite every week, I also like to try to lighten it up sometimes throughout, and particularly when it comes to California amidst the crazy. We're going to counter some crazy every week here in California with something positive and upbeat and inspirational. We have tremendous entrepreneurs and business leaders and movers and shakers here in San Diego. And, and my partner in crime, Alicia Dern, calls him out for me, brings him in here, and we interview him here. And, and hopefully it means as much to you as it does to us here in San Diego. So that's going to also be in the second hour, as well as the return of Della B., which Dan Perry specifically mentioned uh, last week. He's like, where's Della? Well, she is back, Dan. She's been deep undercover. Um, speaking of undercover... I think there's been a revolution that's been undercover. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Follow me on Facebook. I'm there. Like my fan page because I think I'm maxed out on my friends and my profile. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Um, 
I was on Craig's sewing show last Tuesday, and Elhoff, David Elhoff, he threw out there that he really thinks there's a revolution brewing in America with what happened with, with when President Obama immediately took to the microphones when we had bodies still in a school, still bleeding, and started throwing out and politi- even admitted that he was politicizing the situation, exploiting it to push for gun control. Elhoff said, look, there's going to be a pushback. We've got a revolution going on here. So I actually posed that question to everybody on Facebook. Do we have a real revolution going on here or brewing here in America? And I don't mean necessarily violent. I just mean Americans determined to take our country back. And as I looked at the the storylines and, and the top of the stories as I was coming in tonight's show, it actually occurred to me that we there's a revolution brewing, but actually it's already been occurring. It's been occurring for a long time in the in our nation. And it's a revolution that actually really got kicked into overdrive when President Obama was elected into office in 08. And when I talk about um, kind of a hidden uh, revolution, it was hidden from us. You weren't allowed to ask any questions about him and his past and what he believed, even though it was open. You weren't even allowed to talk about it. Even though this was a man who mentioned in his book, Dreams of My Father, I will stand with the Muslims should the wind shift in an ugly direction. We knew he spent 20 years sitting in a pulpit of a man whose entire history as, as, as a pastor was anti-American and anti-Semitic and anti-white. The man's nothing but a racist with his black liberation theology preaching. We weren't allowed to ask any of it. It, it, there were hints of it, but it was pretty clear. And shame on John McCain, shame on the Republican Party for not pushing that in his face and forcing him to answer every question for it. Because now we can see all the tactics of his transformation plan, which was part of the Revolution. How has he been able to do that? What is this revolution that's been? It, it kind of sounds innocuous. It sounds like maybe each of the little areas that, he, that he's gone to implement his transformation might not be in and of itself any bigger or any worse than it's ever been. But it, it, each one is, and you put them all together, and the transformation's occurred. We have had a revolution going on before our very nose. How, is, how has he transformed us? What, how has he implemented his revolution here? Well, first and foremost, how long have I been talking about the open borders? We've got a floodgate of people from South America coming under our southern border. We've got a floodgate. We've got, what, 60,000 refugees being brought here from ISIS-infested areas across. What is that if not an outright invasion? That's one way that you can you can foment a revolution and transform a country and take it down by by fostering an invasion. We've got executive orders completely trampling our U.S. Constitution. I'm not even just talking about the executive order for amnesty. Let's talk about all the other ways that he's trampled the Constitution from Obamacare and beyond. That's one way that you can do it. How about crippling us? How about the Cloward-Piven principle of crippling us with, with unsustainable debt and entitlements while at the same time through open borders and through refugees expanding the dependency class to eventually the system is so overwhelmed and people are hurting so bad that they're begging for Marxism. They're begging for government assistance. How about speaking of fomenting, how about fostering racism and so much hate among the people that you have towns literally being burned down and businesses targeted for destruction. That's one way. That's one way to have a revolution and change the entire structure of a nation have it burned down from within. That's one way to do it. How about weakening our military while also emboldening our enemy all around the world? That's one way to foment a revolution and destroy it from within. 
And then the last way is, you know, today's Columbus Day. Hey, happy Columbus Day out there. I guess I'm not supposed to say that. You know, now it's supposed to be happy Indigenous Day, Todd. You know what? I'm American Indian, at least in part. I don't know how much. I I don't even remember. I said something to somebody today on Facebook. I don't even remember the story. I'm supposed to be like great granddaughter of somebody. I don't know who's American Indian. You know what? I don't care. I'm an American, and that's how I identify myself. And this is all about identity politics, all meant to divide us and destroy us. Okay, and one of the ways that they do it and destroys it is by scrubbing American history while you're fomenting racism and hate among the population and doing everything else already described. You really want to take over the school system and you really want to scrub history from anything that celebrates our traditions and what made us the greatest country in the land. And why is he doing all this? What was this revolution all about? It's all about transforming us and taking us from a free society to one that is the liberal utopian of complete control, and that's a Marxist society. How do we know that that's what he wants to do? Well, you know, he sat in that pew with Reverend Wright for 20 years, didn't he? What's Reverend Wright all about? Well, great article that I found from the Jerusalem Post. David Weissman might have, or Peggy might have actually posted this on my Facebook wall. Obama's ex-pastor. Since when is he his ex? He says that's his mentor. He came out, at, he went to this Million Man March, Million Man March, which was started by Mr. Farrakhan, the original anti-Semitic, anti-white, racist, traitorous, Islamic, internal enemy. Okay, one of the biggest that we have. So he had started this Million Man March 10 years ago. What's it all about? It's all about anti-Americanism. It's all about inciting a revolution. This, this A recent hours-long event on Saturday at the National Mall was titled Justice or Else. Or else what? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to us? Well, we already know. We see on videotape that Farrakhan has said they're going to start murdering people. That's one way to change a country. That's a revolution right there. What is Reverend Wright all about? Well, he is all about, he said, that African Americans, Native Americans, you ain't speaking for me, fool. Native Americans and Palestinians have suffered under the three-headed demon of racism, militarism, and capitalism. Who does he blame for that? The United States of America and Israel. He says the youth in Ferguson and the youth in Palestine have united together to remind us that the dots need to be connected. I tell you the dots that need to be connected. You want to know what the three-headed demon is? The three-headed demon is black liberation theology, of which Obama sat at this man's pew for 20 years indoctrinated in, black liberation theology, Marxism, and Islam. That's what Obama's about. That's what Reverend Wright's about. That's what Farrakhan's about. And that's the three-headed demon of which they are basing this revolution on and their plans to turn us away from the free constitutional republic on which we were founded into their Marxist utopian utopia. So that's the revolution. Viva revolution. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Republican Party. We're going to talk about the American people and what's going on with that. Are we capable of pushing back against all this? I don't know. Elhoff says we are. Some other friends out there of mine say we are. But I want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Don't you know how talking about a revolution sounds Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. 
proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. the 60s mantra, I guess, wanting a revolution. I don't even know what that was all about. I never liked the Beatles. That was before me anyway. I never, I never, I always, I grew up hearing that song. I never knew what the heck they were singing about. I don't know what that drivel was about, but I tell you, it's not drivel to talk about the revolution that the left and the Democrat Party are, are have been fomenting. I don't know the right word, that the verb that I'm looking for. They've been revolutionizing us and transforming us for a long time. I actually had... Uh, Barbara J. Elliott on my show um, a couple years ago, actually, and she wrote a book uh, called Red Army about the infiltration of the Communist Party uh, in the Democrats. The book's like five inches thick. Okay, this is the real deal. What's one of the ways? You know, we talked about some of the ways, um, kind of the bigger picture ways of the way that they were going to revolutionize us, weaken us, make us ripe for takeover to transform us. Gun control. Um you might say to yourself, well, you know, they've been whining about the Second Amendment and trying to make some strides on that for a while. What's different now? Well, what's different now is President Obama has actually said he's used the two words executive order when it comes to gun control, that he intends to go around Congress when it comes to gun control. And he cited two countries. He cited Great Britain and Australia, both countries that did gun control through forced confiscations. And I want to give a hat tip. We all know the, the purpose behind it, um, but I want to give a hat tip to, um, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with all this. I don't have to tell you guys. Yeah, I don't have to tell you guys that a Harvard study came out that it, yeah, that a Harvard study came out that says, you know what? Hey, where they've got the strictest gun control laws like Great Britain is where they have the greatest amount of crime. You know, it's, you know, it, the left is always saying we've got to have some common sense gun control and something sensible. Well, hey, bozo, I could sit here and go through, you know, list and, and story after story after story of all the different ways that bad guys were taken out by good guys with guns. In fact, this Harvard study uh, goes on to say that several hundred thousand, somewhere between several hundred thousand and two and a half million guns are used every year to prevent violent crime, often with no shots fired. But we all know that that's not really the purpose of gun control. The purpose of gun control is really to disarm the population. And Thomas Jefferson said, you're never going to know how important the Second Amendment is until you need it. And getting our guns from us, Chief Police Chief Lansdowne said here in San Diego a year ago, 10 years, 
10 years and they can have all of our guns. This is serious. And we better be prepared to push back and have our own revolution here or they're going to get our guns. Now, Ben Carson, you know, raised some controversy by saying, you know what, Holocaust, the Holocaust might not have happened had Hitler not been able to get everybody's guns. And oh, my gosh, the protest that came from the left over that comment only reinforced to me that that's exactly what the game plan was. It's like their slip was showing. Um, but I don't know if, I, if I'm overstating about what's going on with the revolution. So I'm open to, I, I put the call out to see if there was anybody out there listening who might want to agree or disagree. And it looks like my buddy Bill Gray is on the line, who I'm hoping he's calling in to tell me how right on I am. Hey, Bill. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? Well, I'm, well, I'm kind of good and kind of not because I'm looking up and I'm seeing that the Chargers are tied again. With the Steelers. I, I wonder if everybody's going to love the Chargers when they move to L.A. Oh, you're not going there, are you? Let me tell you, you wanted to hear about a revolution. <laughs> the Chargers try to move it up to Carson. They're not going to Carson. They better win this game, though. All right, so before the break, I was talking about um, I, there's a clear revolution going on in my mind here. People have been talking lately about, oh, the American people, the conservatives are taking this country back. We better get on it, Bill, because I'm telling you, when I went through the list, of, to me, I'm looking at everything they've done. I, it's clear to me what their end game is. Very clear what their end game is. It's clear to me what his tactics and strategies and big picture goals are. And it makes me so angry to hear the Republican Party talk about how, oh, we have to have a governor uh, get the nomination, Bill, because the problem we've got with President Obama is that he was inexperienced. No, the problem we've got with President Obama is his ideology. I just laid it out exactly who he is, where he came from, what his game plan is, what his end goal is. And it's happening. And we got about a year and a half a year and a half, Bill, and we said that 2012 was going to be the election that was going to be the decider for the rest uh, of our nation. Uh, it may be too late, but we only got a year and a half. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, first of all, uh, our president was never vetted. He was never allowed to be vetted. Right. Um, the whole, this whole thing with this man is just beyond belief. How anyone in just a seven short years, not even seven years, could actually turn this country into a toilet. And then, of course, if we get Hillary, she'll pull the handle. But um, what he's done is, is divide us. And that's one of the, the ways that they take, it, uh, take hold of us. And they they uh, take our guns, they divide us, they, they uh, uh, parse us into to, uh, groups like uh, blacks or, or uh, women. Or Hispanic. Today, today it's yeah. indigenous. You know, you can't celebrate Columbus yeah, Day. They, they hyphenate groups. They you know it's hyphenated American, and it's, that's not what we are. E pluribus unum of many one, and that's what we are. We're in, that's what we were meant to be. That's what we were. Uh, our whole goal was to be is one people. Well, this that's the the liberal concept is to divide us. It makes us easier to control, and that's what they, they'll all about. It's all about control. Um, there is a convention of states brewing. Um, I think we're getting very close to it, which would actually remove Obama uh, and undo all of his uh, his caveats and and uh, and uh, executive orders. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, you can tell who the liberals are afraid of, i.e., Trump, Carson, especially Carson, uh, Cruz, um, because he's not. These are not establishment people, and you can see the 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 uh, the fomenting. Underneath, when you see um, 
uh, somebody like Donald Trump with uh, with double digits ahead of everybody else in the uh, uh, in the race in the Republican side. There's something brewing. There's something going there. Well, well, it is brewing. The American people, right? Even liberals are liking the guy. Well, the, the what's brewing is is the American people. Yeah, it's not just conservatives. See, when this whole speaker thing went down, it was oh, this Freedom Caucus. 40, I mean, I even saw Dagny, what's her name on Fox, complaining about these 40 people are holding everything up. No, you know what? Uh, no, Mick Mulvaney, I think it was, said it great today on, on Fox News. He said, you know what? He said the American people gave the Republican Party power, not just conservatives, not just a small f- a fraction, but a majority of the American people gave the Republicans power in, in mid- the midterms because they wanted to stop the overreach. They wanted to stop what was happening with President Obama. And he said, he said a small, a small group of the Republican Party are making all the decisions. And he said, you know what? If the American people think that their voices are not being heard, they're correct. And that's what's being reflected with Trump and with Carson and Fiorina. The entire American people, 25% of poll came out last week, a Wall Street Journal poll, 25% of blacks said that they would vote for Trump. And that and both parties are hating Trump because he's the guy who was down in Norcross, Georgia over the weekend with blacks in the audience saying Trump's our guy. So he is a threat to both of them, just like Carson is a threat and just like Fiorina is a threat. I I put it out there. Let me ask you this. I Last week when I was on Craig's show, Elhoff said that he thinks there's a revolution and Obama better not show up at Roseburg because, you know, the American people have had enough. They're pushing back. Uh, so I put it out there on Facebook, and I'm going to ask you, um, is there a true revolution brewing in the sense that we have American people that are willing to not just sit on social media and complain all day, but willing to actually do something to take their country back? That's I, my I question. I think there really is. I really think there is. And I don't think it's just conservatives. I think it's a lot of American people. Um, one of the hardest hit groups uh, in unemployment are blacks. We do not have, first of all, we do not have 5.9% unemployment. It is like 217 or 21.6% overall. Look at the labor participation rate, and that will tell you closer to what's happening. It is, we are in trouble economically. We're about to go into an, a, a deeper recession. We're already in one. We're going to be about to go into a deeper one. The stock market has been buoyed by uh, artificially buoyed. Um, we're in trouble, Andrea. I mean, this country is in trouble, and the people are starting to wake up. Yeah, they are waking uh, up. But the American people are used to going about their – so many people have two jobs, and they're used to going about their lives and struggling to try to feed their kids and get their kids here and there and get to their jobs and hold their jobs. And, yeah, gas prices are a little bit down, but it's still $5 for a carton of eggs. And American – when we have almost half – of Americans for the first time in history on some form of taxpayers' assistance, because there's no government money. I won't call it government assistance. They're relying on their fellow citizens. That's that's um, that's scary. That's scary. And, and when that happens, though, Bill, it makes them dependent on. Are they going to push back against a government that, that's giving them checks? Well, See, that's why that's most, why they're fighting so hard to expand the dependency class, because they know, just like in Britain, that health care system is there forever in Britain because it employs so many Britons. They're not going to vote against it because then they're out of a job. So, you know, these are very perilous times we're in. So that leads me to the speaker situation, um, because speaking of a little revolution, we did have a revolution. You know, our founders were revolutionaries, okay? And we, and, and so I say hat tip to the Freedom Caucus. If we have 40 
out of 200 and something that are holding up the works and keeping the rhinos from from helping Obama more with his revolution. I say good on you. This ain't a crisis. It's like Peggy said, it's a comeback. It's an opportunity. And if the Republican Party had any brains, they'd be maximizing this opportunity. They'd be tapping into the mood of the nation. And they'd be saying, you know what? First of all, all y'all shut up out there about this being some crisis. It's not a constitutional crisis. We still got your bozo Boehner in sitting in his speaker for right now. It's not a crisis. And the Republican Party's not going to do like the Democrats and like they're doing with Hillary, rewarding somebody just for showing up for 30 years with the pulse. We want to find the right person because we are in treacherous times and we got about we got about five minutes to turn this thing around. OK, because we're on our way to the Titanic. Well, and then they would go out and then they would go out and they do something bold. They would do something bold like don't go don't tell me about Ryan. I don't even want to hear about ISA right now. You go and you bring Newt Gingrich back. Or you go and you or you offer it to Trump. You don't want Trump to get the nomination. You bring him in and offer it to him. It doesn't have to be somebody who's sitting in Congress. What do you think? I uh, first of all, it, you're right. It does not have to be a sitting person, uh, congressman, in order to be the speaker of the house. And I wouldn't mind uh, Newt Gingrich. He's a very intelligent man. Um, I. Uh, he would have he would have gotten the nomination. He would have gotten the nomination in 2012. Except the Republicans did what they always do when there's even the slightest little um, scandal of you know uh, impropriety. Oh, Newt Gingrich had an affair. Well, you know it was okay for Bill Clinton to do it with an intern in the White House, but we can't even have a nominee who had an affair at one point. I mean, so then you know he got pushed out. Well, mostly had multiples, uh, Clinton, and and uh, there were too many to actually count. At, um, but here's the, here's the, the problem. Is that you have uh, the, the uh, national, um, uh, which we we'll call it, that are supporting uh, unlimited immigration uh, into this country? Um, Chamber of Commerce. Pardon my, uh, I'm getting tired. I've been up since four. Oh, uh, well, bless um, you. Well, we only got about thirty seconds left anyway. So you got, we got a couple of people, a couple of groups that are actually controlling the rhinos because they want the money. They they want the they want everything that that. Uh, that's going to give them what they want. And, and it doesn't matter what the country, what happens to the country in the interim. No, it's all about I mean, power. They're, we're, it, we it, basically it, got a one-party rule now because it's all about power, and they all have, they're all on the party. take. They're all about crony capitalism. They're all about the import-export bank. Yeah. It's, we don't have two parties. We now have one party. It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. You have rhinos, mm-hmm. and then you have liberals, and they're both liberal. Right. They're both destroying our country. And that's and they're destroying it from within, and and that's really scary. I want my country back. Right. Well, are you willing to fight for it? Absolutely. I I, I uh, enlisted right out of college, uh, just like a lot of men and women did. Um, hey, I'm ready to, to stand up, just like I did. If I have to draw an arm and stand in line, I'll stand my job on a on a wall wherever it's needed. Well, you know what? I got to leave it there because that was just the perfect note. To leave it. Bill, love you. Good luck on your dogs hey. this season, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should have sent the girls lacrosse team in instead of playing the... Who might have been better. At least, at least those guys. Have you ever seen those girls? They eat their dad, you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, sweetie. You go get some rest. Talk to you later. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break. Before we go, I got to tell y'all, AM 1170, we're high tech, baby. We're interactive. Check out our new interactive mobile app. Okay, it's uh, download the AM 1170, the answer up. Hey, you know what? If you're in San Diego and you can hear me, 
Enter, download the app and enter to win. There's a hundred dollar, you could win a hundred dollar gift certificate to only one of the yummiest Italian restaurants in San Diego, Vigilucci's. They got locations everywhere. And on this Columbus Day, I say go eat Italian, okay? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more. We're going to talk about uh, Ben Carson, who we talked a little bit about uh, earlier, and um, the disturbing treatment that he's been receiving from the party that supposedly is the party of minorities and African-Americans. So don't change that dial. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Having a great time in the studio. At least I was till I looked up and saw the Steelers on the goal line with five seconds left. I said to Todd, they about to win this game, aren't they? He's like, yeah, but we'll see. Um, anyway, so if I sound a little distracted. It's it's because of that. Um before the break, we were talking about the speaker and whether or not uh, the speaker situation and whether or not um, we got a little revolution going on inside the Republican Party. I think there is a little bit of a revolution. I don't think that we the, the Republican Party and conservatives within the party and Americans in general, I think we're I've been I, I think one reason why they just we just take our freedoms, you know, for granted. And um, <laughs> did we win? I don't know. I, Did we win, Todd? I don't think he made it. Oh, no, that we lost. Oh, no. S- oh, sorry for no. the distraction. Oh, yeah, I saw Todd jump up and down. 
Dead darn it. I thought I don't, he, he did him. not break the plane. I don't yeah. think he broke the plane at all. Did he, Todd? Challenge it. Let's challenge it. Yeah, they it need to throw a red flag out there. Anyway, flag on that play. Hey, flag on the Republican Party for yeah. and for the American people for taking our freedoms for granted. You know, Ronald Reagan said it years ago. You know, he said that we were only one generation away. Uh, yeah, he broke the plane. We were only one generation away. Uh, from you know losing our freedoms, you know if you know, if you don't safeguard it, it's been death by a thousand cuts, a little by little as they've chipped away at our freedoms. I think it started with Mr. Free Chicken in Every Pot many years ago, and just slowly, slowly over time, the the monster of government grew and grew and grew, and more and more people became dependent, and slowly. You almost forget, you know, what our nation was really supposed to be about. And now and then then some guy comes along in 08 and, you know, talking a good game, being Mr. Slick, as long as he's on a prompter, because the guy can't string a sentence together if it's not written for him. Um, And people believed he was like a blank slate. People believed in him what they wanted to believe about him versus who he really was. And so now... Um, people are desperate. You know, the mood of the nation is we've got Trump and Fiorina and Carson out because they are outsiders, because Americans don't trust the politicians anymore. Obama has revolutionized us, transformed us, changed us in such a way that's so disturbing. I don't recognize my country anymore. I saw a woman on the way to the station the other day walking down the street in a burqa here in, in, in La Jolla. I did not see that five years ago. I can't go to a restaurant in San Diego, Mission Valley, where it's not at least 40% Muslim right now. Why is that a problem? Because the refugees and them, the, the Muslims that are coming here are not coming here to assimilate. They're not coming here to acclimate. It's, it's, there's People said, oh, you know, Barack Obama's not a Muslim. He doesn't have to be a Muslim. I told you at the top of the show, it's a three-pronged uh, stool. Uh, Black liberation theology, Marxism, and Islam. Those three go together like a stool, and that's what's going on here. And they will do anything and destroy anybody and anything that gets in their path. There was a great article about him from Investor's Business Daily. Let them eat fried rocks. Hat tip to Eric for posting this on my Facebook wall. And it's about the ideology of socialism and, and um, what, you know, think about the absurdity. Ronald Reagan would be rolling over in his grave right now if he saw that a Democrat presidential candidate was drawing 20,000 people at his rallies avowing socialism, talking about the, the great, you know, socialist society. Um, and this article here talks about what's going on uh, in by... Um, Let me read you this quote. Let them take away whatever they want. We are capable of eating a stick or instead of frying two eggs, fry two rocks and we will eat fried rocks. But no one can beat us. Uh, This is President Hugo Chavez who said, it doesn't matter if we have no clothes to wear or no food to eat. This is about saving the revolution. These are people that literally... And this article says, and I quote, the lunacy is all the work of socialism, the absurd, absurd measures taken to save it, even as it clanks hard against real world, real world economic forces like double entry bookkeeping and running out of other people's money. I mean, that's kind of, we're almost there. Look at the lunacy we've got right now. Obama said in 08, if I don't turn around this economy within two years, don't reelect me. It's been almost eight, 17 trillion in debt. We've got almost half Americans out of work and on, and on taxpayer assistance. Um, you know, they've got um, in all these great socialist countries, workers uh, lose 40% of their workday standing in line while inflation runs uh, 150%. 
You know, police dogs now need ration cards for dog food. Babies in hospitals are being killed by germs from from possums. And, you know, if you think this doesn't have anything to do with us, this article goes on to say, you know what? Um, Bernie Sanders still defends this insanity of socialism. And while claiming that he doesn't have anything to do with Venezuela, Uh, while he praised the Chavista revolution and made a deal for cheap Venezuela heating oil with Joe Kennedy's citizen energy on Hugo's dime. So this is clearly what the end game wants for us. And we need a Republican who's going to stand up and call him out for it. And it's like it's like Nani Darwish said, you've got to be courageous enough to name your enemy and its location. They think our enemy is Carson. Great article I posted on Facebook about the it was called the lynching of Dr. Ben Carson. It, you always know who, who might be the right person for the job by the way the left actively does everything they can to destroy him. What they are doing to this man. I was on Dr. Gina's show last week talking about the controversy of, of Rupert Murdoch, who tweeted out that he was, you know, he likes Ben Carson and he was looking for a real black president. And, oh, my gosh, he had to apologize. He was accused of being a racist. Meanwhile, you've got this college professor who said that Ben Carson quote, should win Coon of the Year Award. I grew up in the Deep South, and let me tell you, that word is the equivalent of the N-word where I come from. You don't use that word against black people. That's how offensive that was. But it's okay to say that against Ben Carson if you're from the left. And the reason is because uh, it's... it's it, Color and the identity politics game, the left is so insane with it that it's not even about color of skin anymore. It can't be because they got that crazy loon lady, Rachel Dozal, who's white, who um, they they accepted and think that she's great, even though she lied and pretended she was black and, and took a job at the NAACP. And it's because she was down with the struggle, see? So, see, she's black enough for them. Ben Carson, Alan West... Uh, Colin Powell, not black enough, until Colin Powell actually turned his back on the party that gave him a career and called them racist. So what I'm loving about Carson, though, is when he's attacked by the media, and this is why the more and more and more I learn about him, the more I'm behind him. He saw, first of all, he's absolutely brilliant. He's far more intelligent, obviously, than anybody else in the room. Uh, Anytime he's at a debate or any, any media uh, interview. The first blood that was drawn at that Fox debate was really against Carson. Everybody that night was talking about how Megyn Kelly went against Trump. She actually drew first blood against Carson with the ta- attack on him that he didn't have any executive experience and didn't know who uh, the head of the Federal Reserve was. This is the man to watch. This is the man with the experience, the brains. This is the man with the guts. He's the only one who stood in front of President Obama and called him out for his crap and did it in a way that nobody, there was no flies on him after he did it. So I'm loving uh, Carson. It's all about ideology from the left. It's not even really about color. It's not even about gender. I mean, I'm not a woman to them, you know, because I'm not down with the woman struggle of, you know, expecting people to pay for my birth control, you know, my tampons and my mascara. So speaking of women uh, and the phony war on women, one of the reasons why the American people are and Boehner got pushed out and deserve to be pushed out by the Freedom Caucus is he's done nothing with the biggest issues of the day, one of which is the Planned Parenthood. Why in the world do we still have taxpayers' money? Why have they not even been indicted or at least investigated for the crimes that were caught on video? Where is the moral compass with the Republican Party? And now we find out, thanks again to the citizen listener producers of The Andrea K. Show, great article 
posted by Peggy from Planned Par- about Planned Parenthood. Carly Fiorina, another outsider. You know, I got my qualms about her, but you know, I will take her any day over that corrupt hag Hillary, okay? She actually said um, in an interview on Sean Hannity, she said that Planned Parenthood is an organization that funnels millions of dollars in political contributions to pro-abortion candidates. Oh, people were up in arms. That can't be. Da, da, da. Well, absolutely it is. Um, they are getting upwards of, they have spent at least $6.5 million to political action committees. Now, did that come directly from taxpayers? No, but taxpayer money goes to Planned Parenthood, so it all goes into a big you know, pool account. And so when, when they're taking $500 million or a billion dollars, whatever it is a year from taxpayers, and then $6 million are going out to a PAC, it's in, it's in essence coming from the taxpayers. And where is it going? It's going to fund political campaigns. So that's why you've got Congress people. It's like I was talking to Bill Gray about. It's all about power. They're getting money from this organization. So they don't care whether or not children are being chopped up and having their parts sold. Because they're getting money for their campaigns and it's keeping them in power. That's what's going on there. Um. When we have a Republican Party that won't do anything to stop that, I mean, good grief. I think it's time for revolution. I think it's time to, to – I'm not giving a dime to another Republican candidate. One of the reasons why people like Trump is, you know, because, you know, he gets so much media time. He, you know, Jeb supposedly still has momentum because of money, because of fundraising. And Trump doesn't have that problem. And you know what? What I like about Carson, too, is he's getting his money $20 at a time from citizens. The arena got a lot of money from a pack. Um, still not really sure what that was about. But right now, those are my three that I'm looking at. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we got the CNN debate tomorrow night. We've got to talk about Syria. We've got to talk about what's going on with Iran. Lots of stuff happening. Stuff happening in our military. So we still got more to cover. It's like speed dating here tonight on the Andrew K. Show. Lots of ground to cover. Don't change that dial, folks. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. Miramar Kitchen you're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 the answer welcome back to the Andrea K show I'm sad I'm sad about my chargers I don't know what the heck happened there all right 
Anyway, got to move on from it. Hey, you know what? LSU won Saturday, and we won big, baby. So go Tigers. There All you right? go. You got that. What's that? So at least you got that. Yeah, we got that. And then on top of it, seems like we run that coach of theirs, South Carolina, out. He retired after that. That's how much of a beatdown he took in Death Valley. Whoo! See ya. All right, go Tigers. Hey, you know what? I'm hoping at some point soon we're going to say see ya to Hillary Clinton. Okay, how many of y'all, show a hands who's going to be watching that debate tomorrow night? I don't know. I doubt too many people are going to be. I'm actually going to watch. I'm curious. First of all, it's supposed to be five candidates. And I'm thinking, who? Who besides, okay, Todd, who besides Hillary and Sanders? We got six-pack O'Malley, right? The You know, the guy with the six-pack. That's three. Who else is running? Well, I thought maybe Biden, but uh, they said Biden's not going to be in there. No, he's waiting to be begged. He's wanting, you know, he's wanting them to, to come and court him and, and beg him. It'll be funny to see who that fifth person is. I know. They're going to pull someone out of the audience. Is there someone here who'd like to run? You know what? Hey, you know what? It couldn't be any worse than what they've got right now. I put the question out there earlier today. I said, what's going to be different about the CNN debate tomorrow night than the two Fox debates and the Republican debates we've had? Well, first of all, we know there's not going to be any gotcha questions. Anderson Cooper's already said he's not going to do like Jake Tapper. Oh, he, he wagged his finger at Tapper, who intentionally tried to pick fights between the candidates. You know, he's above Jake Tapper. Oh, come on, Cooper. We know the reason why. You're not scolding Tapper for the way he behaved and the way he ran that debate. You're changing tactics because you want to prop up Hillary. You want to prop up your people. You want to set them up to look great. The toughest question you're going to ask Hillary is, you know, um, whether or not she changes diapers on that grandbaby. Okay. We, we know what your game plan's all about, Cooper. Uh, you know, I guarantee you there's not one question, not one legitimately tough question that's going to be asked of any of those candidates and certainly not of Benghazi. Meanwhile, <clears throat> and I don't, and that's all I'm really going to say about the debate tomorrow night. Maybe I'll you know report on it next week. It's just going to be a bunch of nothing. It's all going to be, you know, um, it's going to be the opposite of the way Megyn Kelly was in the Fox debate. Instead of you want women to die, it's all about, you know, tell us all about all the, you know, wonderful ways that, you know, you're going to help, you know, save America from the Republicans. Um, I'm hoping that, speaking of saving, since Hillary Clinton did not do anything to save the four Americans that were in Benghazi, in fact, they were set up. Uh, for dead, basically, Ignore, ignoring requests for increased security. We know everything that happened over there. Um, i was been really disappointed with the Republican Party for zero accountability against anything. Well, Trey Gowdy says not so fast. He says that House report that came out uh, recently that supposedly exonerated the administration is not true. He says that um, they are continuing with their Benghazi investigations, that they've interviewed 41 witnesses, seven were eyewitnesses to the attacks. He says they still have not received yet, but will, all of Ambassador Stevens' emails by the end of the week, which was this week. And um, he says that uh, the, for the first time that uh, state is committed to finally providing all of those emails. And so we'll see if she's actually held to account. There's a lot of speculation out there. On 60 Minutes last night, Obama said that with Hillary's email situation, he didn't think there was any national security issue with that. Well, of course not, because this is a man who's actually given a nuclear weapon to Iran. Okay, he doesn't think that's a national security issue either. So then my response was, well, you know what? I don't think there's much to the story then about Obama really wanting to throw Hillary under the bus with the FBI over the email thing and um, certainly not with Benghazi. But some people are like, well, you know, he's a liar. Every time he's talking, you know, he's saying something that ain't true. 
So, but why would he, my question is, for those who think that he really wants Biden and Warren, why? What, what's, why would he like Biden so much more than he likes Hillary? You know, why? Somebody said to me today, well, Biden could be just a placeholder because they don't have much of a bench. And Biden could be, he's likable. He's working this whole, you know, kid, my dying kid told me I should run for president angle. And he might be a good place sitter for somebody who's on the bench. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really, I'm really not sure. I'm, I'm really getting behind the theory that Obama really wants, you know, Hillary out. She knows all the skeletons in his closet. And, you know, I think they're kind of in deep together. Um, speaking of in deep and um, what this president has done, um, if only we had a president as strong as Putin, right? Okay, here's what Putin's done. Remember President Obama saying that he would, he goes before the microphones and says, I'm going to degrade and destroy ISIS. Meanwhile, he didn't done nothing with ISIS. Well, Putin, in the matter of a few days, remember last week, uh, Major General Bob Scales said that Russia's army is just in their military is just laughable or whatever well guess what they've accomplished in just 24 hours russia the russian air force alone destroyed 29 isis camps in 24 hours two militant command centers 29 air field camps 23 fortified facilities did all this in 24 hours 64 sorties and hit 55 targets they degraded and destroyed more in 24 hours with isis than obama has in two years and what does that tell you tells you he didn't want to destroy isis People are posting on Facebook, oh, you know, smoking gun, President Obama armed ISIS. We've known that he armed ISIS. We knew that he armed al-Qaeda. That's what the whole Libyan thing was about. And nothing's been done about him. Why? Because we've got a Republican Party that doesn't care to hold him accountable any more than they care to hold Hillary accountable. And what did they do? In fact, they really set up his Iran deal. They made it look as though they were going to fight his Iran deal and review it, and they've done nothing to stop it. And what has Iran done in the middle of all that today? They did. They test fired some missiles. And on July 20th, there was a United uh, UN Security Council resolution that called upon Iran as part of their deal not to undertake any activity, quote, related to ballistic missiles. Well, that's exactly what they launched today to test fire. And it it can go 800 miles and it can carry a nuke. So when Netanyahu stared them down for 45 seconds. In the U.N., this is what he was talking about. And then he said to them, he said, hey, these long-range things that they're planning on shooting with the nukes, that ain't for us because they've already got. They don't need to test anything to take out Israel. So who are they doing this for? They want to take out the West. This is what President Obama's behind. And what did they say today with Iran? He says, we don't ask any. This is what the, uh, the defense minister said from Iran. He says, we don't ask anyone's permission to enhance our defense power or missile capability. Well, wasn't that deal supposed to be about having our permission? W- weren't we supposed to be involved in there? Don't you wish we still had a president of the United States and commander-in-chief that had that mindset? Oh. We don't ask for permission. No, what we have with the commander-in-chief is we have one that is part of this nuclear deal, did nothing to free Americans like a pastor that's being held over there, like a journalist, a WAPO journalist that was convicted under some secret deal today. Jason Reznan has now been found guilty of espionage. President Obama did nothing to try to free them as part of the deal. Trump's right. That should have been the first thing that he tried to do before he said anything else. I'm not going to talk to you about anything else to those people out of prison. Period. But Obama didn't care about them. Tell you who he cares about is, is Bergdahl. Man who deserted his post, went and took up with the enemy. Americans died trying to hunt him down. The army 
filed charges of desertion against him, desertion and misbehavior before an enemy. And that's a rarely used charge, and it was specifically used against him because it was the only one that was going to get him a life sentence. He should have been shot in the head the second they got him. The only, In fact, the only reason to go and get that fool should have been him. for him to be, go before a firing squad. Now we've got an Army officer that's recommending that he face a lower-level court-martial that would mean no jail time, and a punitive discharge for leaving his post. No, he didn't wander off in a daze after doing too many shots of fireball. This was a man who left and took up with the enemy, and Americans died trying to get him out. And then we have a a president who gave up five Taliban officers, probably some of the ones involved right now in killing Americans, in the taking of Kunduz for this guy. This is what we have as a commander-in-chief. And meanwhile, I've been reporting on what's happened with a true hero, Charles Sergeant First Class Charles Martland, who um, was discharged because he confronted an Afghan commander after finding out and being told and finding out, confirming that this Afghan commander had a, had a boy chained to a bed as a sex slave. So that our, this is our commander-in-chief thinks that Bergdahl's a hero, Gave him a hero's welcome. Welcome the parents to the Rose Garden. Meanwhile, he still hasn't called the Steinle family when she was shot by an illegal under his sanctuary cities. But Bergdahl gets a hero's welcome. Dad brought to the, brought to the podium with his Muslim beard speaking Arabic. And a real hero gets discharged for trying to save a child's life from being raped. Hat tip to young Duncan Hunter, who, uh, with Vern Buchanan, introduced some legislation Wednesday, a resolution demanding that he be reinstated and um, not only remain in active duty, but actually receive a condemnation. Why in the, how have, far have we sunk in, the, in as a society and as a culture to where the U.S., a U.S. military man would be given a dishonorable discharge because he tried to save a child from rape? But you know what that is? It's a part of the Muslim culture. What's the three-legged stool? Black liberation theology, Marxism, and Islam. That's what's going on. Peggy made a good point on Facebook the other day. She said, our military, they actually have always represented us. They represent, they're there. They're going around the world risking their lives for our freedoms and for the freedoms that we hold dear. And, and that's what American exceptionalism is all about. They represent America. Unfortunately, now they're representing him. This is on him. This is, this is Obama's America, where you got Bergdahl as a hero, and you got Charles Martlin as a goat, and is being drummed out because he tried to save a child from being raped, which is a part of Islam. That's what's going on here. You think we got crazy going on in the military? We've even got crazy going on in California. We're going to be talking about that in the next hour. Um, and like I said, at the, at the top of the um, show, so goes California. You know, we're like the test case here. What's going on here is going to be happening everywhere else. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to have the Bellatrix business block in the next hour. You know, it's one of the things that I said in terms of a revolution is they're trying to destroy every aspect of, of culture. Nine black people get shot in a church in South Carolina, and we can't have the Dukes of Hazard on TV anymore. The Duke's a hazard, and the Confederate flag on that car didn't have anything to do with that shooting. But it's every opportunity that they can exploit to try to ch- the, for, for the revolution to try to scrub out anything that has to do with traditional America. 
and they're doing it through division. They're doing it through exploitation of, of situations. And so one of the one of the things that they've tried to do is is to change our spirit and who we are and part of our culture and American culture. And so that includes competitiveness. And you might not think that that really is like a really critical aspect of our society, but I think it is. So we've got an author who's going to be on to talk about that. We've got Della B coming up a little bit later. I'm going to take the next few minutes of, of a break and try to recover from the devastation I'm suffering over the Chargers' loss tonight to the Steelers. And I want to hear from you. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. Don't forget to download the new AM 1170, uh, the Answer app. And uh, give me your feedback. Also, when I come back from the show, I haven't had a chance to really read a lot of comments that are going on on Facebook and Twitter, but I'm going to see all the brilliance that's going on out there. And I want to hear from you, feedback, your thoughts about anything I'm talking about here. And uh, don't change that dial. This is The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to The Andrea K. Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Well, good evening and welcome back. This is the second hour of the Andrea Kay Show. You know what? I'm determined to just enjoy myself the rest of the show in spite of the fact that my Chargers lost in a heartbreaking last like five seconds. Todd is like, stop talking about that game, Andrea. Anyway, thanks for you all for tuning in here. Lots of fun happening on Facebook because that's where the real brilliance is. I mean, I I think I I mentioned tonight all my Facebook peeps out there. I think so many of my articles come from you all on Facebook. Um, And and that's good because I hope every week I put it out there. I want to do a show that means something to you, that has topics that touch your mind and that's pressing to you and things that you're thinking about and what basically, you know, what matters to you. And I was kind of surprised but kind of not really surprised that when I put it out there that I was going to talk about some legislation and some things that have happened in California this past week, I got so much response, especially on Twitter. Follow me there at Andrea K5. And I think one of the reasons why even people who don't live in California, one of the reasons why these topics struck a chord is because people get it. They know that we are a huge state here. They know um, how many Congress people come from this state. They know that how... So goes California. The policies, and it's the sixth largest, I think it's the largest economy in the, in the country and the sixth largest economy in the world, basically, in California. So what happens here tends to be what's rolled out everywhere. And what's been happening here in this past week has been lunacy. And so to help me pick through the lunacy and help keep me sane through all this is calling in tonight all the way from St. Louis is the Louis herself, Alicia Durr, my legal libertarian analyst. Hey, Alicia. Hey, I feel like I got out of California just on time. Oh, you did. You flew out one day last week. Girl, you did get out just in time. You might want to rethink coming back. I think you're going to come back after Halloween, but it almost feels like it's Halloween because we got this ghoul uh, as a governor here. And it's, it's just so crazy to me, Alicia, because, you know, Gray Davis was recalled not too long ago. Yeah. Because he wanted to give driver's license to illegals and in-state tuition. And now we've got a governor that basically, and I don't care that they say that there's about the loopholes, we've got a governor that basically is, has signed legislation to give voting to illegals. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it really concerns me, these types of uh, voting acts, because they really uh, they they spell for voter fraud at the ballot box. And that's going to keep all the citizens who actually do have a, should have a stake in what uh, how we're governed. That's going to keep them from wanting to vote. Well, yeah. And, and for those who aren't really familiar with it, it's, it's um, Bill 1461. It's called the new. Uh, of course, he signed it on a Saturday. Um, when people are out, you know, dealing with 90 degree heat here, yeah. uh, the new Motor Voter Act, which will automatically register people to vote through the DMV and could result in illegal aliens voting. Now, first, my first question was, it's automatically registering you. Huh. How yeah. does that work? Is that kind of like those machines that were automatically popping up votes for Democrats, even though people were pressing the Republican button? How, how does that automatic? <laughs> how is that automatic happening? That's something we need to we need to delve into uh, in terms of. And was it necessary? I mean, it's really easy to register a vote. I mean, as soon as I turned 18 and I went to the DMV, they gave me the form. It took me about two minutes, you know, to, for me to prove that I'm a, a person who's a citizen and eligible to vote. Why do we need to automate this? We don't need to automate it. That's the whole point. They're saying that, you know, people shouldn't have to opt in to vote. Heck, yes, they should have to opt in to vote. That's part of the problem that we've got is we've got people who don't don't care enough. If you don't care enough to, to make the effort to get registered and pay attention to the issues, then you shouldn't even be voting. This is so it's so transparent what they're trying to do here. They're just yeah. trying to tap into the illegal. The only reason why they want the illegals here in the first place, the only reason why they want to give them in, in benefits to attract them here and to keep them here is to expand the, the dependency class and get their vote. That's the whole point of it. That's what in the ironic part of it is here. They've been saying for years that we can't have a voter ID to vote because the poor minorities, you know, can't get to the DMV to get an ID to vote. Yet here we are with a motor voter bill, which basically gives them a, a way to to vote. And the left says, oh, no, um, because the the driver's license for the illegals are flagged and has phrases like federal limits apply, not valid for official federal purposes. But then again, as as uh, true, the vote spokesman Logan Churchwell pointed out, the state officials specifically chose not to make non-citizen license holders searchable in their DMV database. So if there's no right. way to search it in the database, then there's no way to keep the right. illegals from voting. How, how is the Secretary of State of California going to keep track of the voter rolls now? It's going to be impossible. And see, you know, the thing is, I'm general, general, generally against um, the government putting up unnecessary barriers mm-hmm. to voting, but right. just enrolling everybody who has a pulse onto the voter rolls is unnecessary. You know, you're right. People don't, people, if they want to vote and want to be active in civic, civic life, will actually go and register to vote. By putting a bunch of people on the voter rolls who may or may not want to be there, who we cannot verify, is absolutely opening the, the door up for voter fraud. It can be, the information can be manipulated. Uh, we will have no way of verifying. And the next thing you know, we're going to have lawsuits where people are going to say that they're being disenfra- uh, disenfranchised because their votes don't count. We're going to have all recall problems. There's going to be a ton of issues as a result of this. Um, and I think the Democratic supermajority that we have in California just feels like they're going to be able to roll over all of that and basically buy a bunch of votes that they don't deserve uh, from people who are not not necessarily entitled to vote. And that's a problem for the citizens who have a civic right here that's going to be watered down, essentially. It's sta- it's it's like um, it, it's like the Election Integrity Project of California said it's 
It's state-sanctioned voter fraud. And I know when I worked as a, for the Republican Party as a volunteer in one of the precincts here, as a, we had a district where Republican won by 60 votes. That's how thin the margins are. And don't right. tell me that voter fraud is not an issue in this country. That's exactly what the game plan is here. And this is why they don't want they're willing to go through all these machinations, but they're not. But they say that you you can't have voter ID because that makes it too hard for people to vote. Meanwhile, they're going to put it together, all these machinations. It, it, it's, it's a ruse. Has a has a complete stranglehold on the political process in California, because the first thing they did was pass top two which basically in many districts is now putting two Democrat uh, uh, candidates on the ballot for the same position. So it's knocking Republicans and third parties out at the primary level. And so when and then when that doesn't succeed, they've got, you know, the the, um, the numbers padded, the ballot box padded so they can make sure that every position is going to be a Democrat position. I mean, California has the Republican Party in California is lost. I mean, they might as well just move out. Yeah. And, and I understand how to some degree. Yeah. And one of the things that the, that the Republican Party, I believe, went along with, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, on the ballots here is that uh, um, positions like judges, you're not allowed to say what party affiliation. Why in the world is that being withheld from the voters here? The, you know, the Republican Party has been so incredibly stupid with the way this used to be a red county. And little by little, the Republican Party, because they could, you know, you continue to have, you know, um, uh, Bill Bray continued to get reelected. And so, you know, they just, you know, just counted on reelection and counted on reelection. And little by little, they did basically given the, this county away. And and part of the issue, too, is um, one of the issues is, is the way that um, districts are lined, the way the way districts are allocated in terms of Congress people and stuff is based upon number of people when it should be number of eligible voters. So the more people that they can flood into areas, the more than a state like California will get more and more um, electoral votes and continue to, to um, shift the balance of power. Got to move on but, but to some other California pieces of legislation before we go to the break. Another thing that he did, I reported on the show recently, I had a retired firefighter on, uh, Mike DiBartoli, who was suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was issuing a plea to Governor Brown to please um, sign into law AB 159, which is the California Right to Try Act. And this would give people who were terminally ill an opportunity to try drugs that had already passed some safety uh, checks through the FDA, but just hadn't had final approval, at, uh, you know, at the end of clinical trials. And he vetoed right. that bill, Alicia. He vetoed yeah. that bill. I mean, why in the world would you not let somebody at least try? Good God, they're going to die anyway. You're not going to let them try? You know, I do find it curious, and this may be the only time I will ever say this sentence. I hope the California legislature overcomes the governor's veto. You know, um, the it's really baffling. You know, just a couple of days ago, he uh, signed into law a uh, an assisted suicide uh, law in California. Yeah, the right to die. Just a few days right. ago, he signs that into law. I, which I'm in, favor, I'm in favor of that, but I'm also in favor of allowing people to try medicine, especially if they're in dire circumstances. It can be good for uh, research, and it can give those people potential shots at prolonging or improving the last few days of their lives. Why would he not be compassionate about it when the legislature passed it near unanimously 
it, it's, it's actually baffling. yeah yeah and it's well it's been passed actually in 25 other states and it was passed it's one of the few pieces of legislation in california that was passed with true bipartisan support you got to be some kind of ghoulish person who doesn't give a crap about life in order to veto this and let me tell you something i can tell you my my theory as to what it's about the democrat party doesn't care about lives alicia they don't care about that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in support of late-term abortion that chops up children and then have their parts sold. This is the party that doesn't care about that. In Obamacare, there's absolutely death panels where it's our, it, it hasn't been applied yet because so much of Obamacare through executive orders has been pushed out to not take effect to 2016. But you've got – that was in part paid for by taking $4 billion they took from Medicare – to pay for Obamacare. Yeah. We have seniors and other people terminally ill. They are going to be told, out of luck, we don't care about you because, you know, it's all about these people over here. That's what this is about because this is the kind of thing that's been going on in Oregon. There was a terminally ill woman in Oregon that had state-run health care, and they sent her a suicide pill, and it was the pharmaceutical yeah. companies that decided to give her free medication. The Democrat Party is the party that doesn't care about lives. They don't care about children. we got a commander-in-chief that didn't care about children being raped over there. Uh, a, a military man who tried to stop it has, has been dishonorably discharged. The party that yeah, cares I, about I mean, people have, is the is the Republican Party. The Democrats don't give a crap about anybody but power. Yeah, I, I have no evidence as to what the governor's motivation is for viewing, but I tell you, I strongly suspect it has to do with some kind of money or political interests, uh, political favors. And that this was not a decision that he made uh, for the good of the California people. Uh, and maybe he thinks that it's going to get overridden. So he was doing a, a favor knowing that his view would be overridden. Um, I don't know. But it, it, it's definitely not based on some sort of ideological uh, principles there. There's there's something else going on. And well, I like, like I said, the money. Well, well, I mean, it's like in Oregon. The mindset is, is that we're not going to pay money. There's no compassion. The, the compassion is not, they pretend that they're the party of compassion, but they're not the party of compassion because, you know, uh, the, this is, this is what, what socialized medicine is all about. It's, it's what liberalism is all about. It's about picking and choosing who deserves to live and who deserves to die. It's a, the ultimate powers having power over your health care and um, picking and choosing whose lives they should, in, they should invest money in when it's not even their money. It's the taxpayer's money. And, you know, right. it's easy to be sitting in your big government office and picking and choosing whose lives, you know, they'll, they'll fight and fight and fight to save the life of death row of some man who's, who's you know, murdered people. Remember that, that guy who was on death row in California and because he was a poet, you know, they wanted to save his life. <laughs> You, yeah, know, you yeah. know who I'm talking about there? Like Angela Bassett was like, you know, they want to save the life of some murderer on death row. But they but they're but, you know, he'll veto this bill. So it, it's just insane. Anything. It, it, it's completely baffling. I just, I just know that it has nothing to do with principles about life. I think it probably has to do with money or power. Well, well, if your if your money and your power leaves people terminally ill, people dying and unable to try a drug, then then to me that does speak about you know where your compassion is and where it lies. Right. Well, I want to throw one right. question out at you. Tomorrow night is the CNN debate. What do you expect to see tomorrow night? Um, I think probably. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of expecting it to be a softball. You know, I have I have some uh, feeling that Bernie Sanders, if he doesn't upset um, Hillary, he may try to move for a third party run or you know gather up uh, the people who normally support the Green Party. Um, Hillary Clinton's going to get a lot of um, 
you know, her her normal. She's going to get a lot of airtime. I think she's going to be given a lot of platitudes. I think she's going to be given softballs. I I would seriously be surprised if we saw anything that was attacking her, asking her serious questions about Benghazi yeah. or email gate or any of the other right. you know treasonous, corrupting things that she's done. In other words, yeah, that's pretty much what everybody else is saying. You know, we basically we expect a, a whole lot of nothing. You know, really, you know, I mean, she, she's not being asked any tough questions before and she's not going to be asked tough questions now. You got a media that's in the tank. So, hey, Alicia, thanks for calling in. Got to go to a break and we come back. Uh, we've got the Bellatrix business block that involves Miss Alicia Dern competition. It's a good thing. And we're going to celebrate it when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The answer. I'm a be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. We've been hearing a lot about Uber lately, so we decided to get out there and talk to some actual Uber partners to get our questions answered. Is signing up to drive with Uber really hard? Nope. Signing up with Uber is super easy. It was simple and easy. Okay, but can I drive my own car? Yes, yes, yes. You get to drive your own car. But my roommate doesn't even have a car. Can she drive with Uber? They can help her get a car, too. I wouldn't be able to get a vehicle if it wasn't for Uber. It took me less than six hours to get a car. So you can just sign up and earn money. Sign up, drive, and you make some money. You're saying? I can just use the smartphone app to make money whenever I want? Yeah, you just open the app whenever you feel like driving. All I have to do is turn on my phone, hit the road, and I start making money. Are the hours good? I work less hours and I make more money. I'm my own boss now, so I set my own hours. Okay, this all sounds pretty great. What do you think I should do? You need to sign up for Uber. You can make serious, life-changing money when you drive with Uber. Get started today at drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drivewithuber.com. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I am having a good time here tonight. I was just teasing y'all about being bummed out over the Chargers. Hey, it happens. You know, we got lots of time left. Um, Speaking of um, competition, though, you know, hat tip to, I actually, we played the Steelers tonight. I actually think it was a former Steeler who, tell me if I'm wrong, Todd, who tweeted out pictures of some statues or awards that, that his kids won, but they didn't really win. Basically, his kids were, I think it was track meet or something, and they were all given the same award, like no winners and no losers. And he was like, no way. He said, I'm making my kids give these back. This is a shame about what's going on in America. He said, I didn't make it to the NFL by having everybody, you know, get a medal. Okay, you got to earn it. You got to work hard for it. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. And, you know, that's just life. And, you know, we've gotten to a place in America to where it's like competition is considered to be such a bad thing. But you know what? That's the American spirit. You know, I look forward to the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, the Summer Olympics. I'm so proud of our country. You know, when we go up against the Ruskies, you know, we beat them in the in the downhill or the ice skating or whatever, you know, in, in track and field. You know, I used to love Bruce Jenner was a hero of mine from when... You know, wasn't he the decathlon winner or something? Competition is good. But one of the ways that they've, you know, tried to indoctrinate us and try to change us from within is um, to try to make us. It's about this false quest for equality. 
Everybody's got to be equal. And the government's going to provide equal outcomes to everybody. And that is tragic. And so I'm, I'm really pleased to introduce y'all to a gal named Danny Golden. She wrote a book called Life Game On. And she says uh, that uh, lately a lot of people see competition negatively, but it's a wonderful thing. It ignites our true potential. And, you know, that's really what our nation and our system has, has been founded on. And w- one of the reasons why we became the greatest nation in the world because we are not we were guaranteed outcomes we were guaranteed opportunity and if you could dream it and were willing to work hard enough for it and and you could achieve it and so hat tip to her for for tapping into this and writing a great book about it and so i'm pleased tonight in the bellatrix business block to introduce you with alicia Dern to danny golden i'd like to introduce danny golden she's the author of life game on a competitor's guide welcome danny to the andrea k show Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, your book you have coming out. Well, as you mentioned, the title is Life Game on a Competitor's Guide. And the book really came about because I believe that I was born competitive. Mm -hmm. And you and I had a conversation offline and you asked a great question. You asked me if you thought that men were more inclined to accept their competitive nature as opposed to women. Yes. And I don't have that answer, but I can tell you that I was less inclined to accept my competitive nature. (laughs) And I definitely felt that there was a struggle throughout my life. And I grew up swimming competitively. So that's really where the relationship started. And Mm -hmm. I noticed it the most. As I grew older, I definitely continued to notice it. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? There's something here I need to address. And so that's where this book really came from. It was um, taking my experiences and saying, hmm, how can I revisit these and have a more positive outlook on competition and my view of how I look at it and how I look at myself as being a competitive person? I really like the idea of reframing the concept of being competitive away from something that is seen negatively and, and towards something that's positive. You know, I do, I did enjoy sports and I am a competitive person. And as you mentioned earlier, we, we were talking about how I had my best friend said to me one day that I was very competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm very competitive as a lawyer. I will tell you that. Good. And, um, yes. That's I, I a get, good thing. <laughs> exactly. That's I want my doing. attorney yes. to be competitive. Yes, I can be quite a bulldog. You wouldn't know it to look at me. But, <laughs> but she says I'm really competitive. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then I realized, you know, she's right. Uh, but I wouldn't w- have wanted to describe myself that way. Why? Uh, why? Uh, how I, did the how did being competitive become perceived in a negative way to the point to where you wouldn't want to be described that way? Um, I don't know the answer to that. That's why I'd asked her the question about gender, because I think it might have something to mm. do with the fact that I'm female. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do and I talk about this in the book a bit, uh, how competition has been synonymous with narcissism right. and how that can be perceived, obviously, negatively and also it is 2015, but I still think being an assertive woman is a little bit more difficult and it's not as widely as accepted as we would like it to be. Um, right. And so that makes you hide from your competitive nature a little bit. And I just also think we like to think of ourselves as these nice people. And when we think of being competitive, we think that there's just something not nice about it when that's really just not the truth. Right. That right. you can really be competitive and you can still 
own who you are and be a nice person and all those right. things. And that's what really the books talks about. See, I love that because I do think that to me, it's it, competitive might have kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap when, when you've got bad winners. You know, like <laughs> I don't like I'm an NFL fanatic, but I really don't like to see the dancing in the end zone when they get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, you just did what you get paid 20 million to do. You know, really, you're going to be like being all like in your face. Right. Be gracious as a winner. I think you, you know? just, I think you really hit it on the head when you said it's associated with narcissism. Mm-hmm. You know, you see some of that a little bit with with the the dislike of very successful business people. You like know? Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of people call him a narcissist. <laughs> kind of think he is. What do you think? Um, I definitely think that well the book talks about how to shine in your own environment and really how not to get distracted by what everyone else is doing and how that can be a detriment to being the best competitor that you can be. And what I've found in my own personal experience is that when I was swimming and I was younger competitively, that whenever I focus more on my competition as opposed to myself, I didn't swim as well as I would like to. And now I'm older and I'm competing again and I'm swimming much faster because I'm using the tools that I've taught myself from this book and just my life experiences. And that's coming from focusing on myself and really loving what I do and learning how to lose. And when I say lose, I mean not perform as well as I'd like to Mm -hmm. more graciously Mm -hmm. and learning how to win, which means, yes, I did great and I still want to do better but also I did a personal best time. I, not that I beat someone else, but I did the best that I could do for me. Almost like you're competing against your own game mm-hmm. and competing against yourself, setting goals for yourself. Exactly. And then just how did I do against that versus worrying about whether or not what's going on in the lane next to you, right? Exactly. Now, it's a little bit different in law, Alicia, because, well, you know, you are competing against the person and sitting in the other side of the courtroom. Well, that's right? true. But, but you can sometimes come up with win-win solutions and, and other things uh, as a lawyer Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't always have to be, you know, cutthroat, which is one of the things I like to try to do. But when I'm in trial, yes. Uh, but I'll tell you, though, juries don't like it if you're just, you know, showboating all over the mm-hmm. courtroom. You have to act like somebody who has empathy for everybody that's in that courtroom. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's an element where you're still competing against yourself because you're going to walk out of that courtroom and evaluate how you did. And right. did I try this case as best, to right. the best of my ability? And right. so I think... That's a positive way that that's a positive aspect that you can enhance. You're absolutely right about that. Actually, whenever I am evaluating my performance as a lawyer, it's always about how did I do, not how did the other person do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because and as I talk about this in the book, you can't control that. Mm -hmm. Just as you said, I can't control what someone else is doing in the other lane and I can't control how the other attorney is going to try the case. All Mm -hmm. I can do is look at my notes and have my information and prepare the best Right. Closing and opening statement as I can. Right. Win or lose, if I do the best I can, I feel good about what I've, mm-hmm. I've achieved for my clients. Right. And that's really how I define winning is walking away with your personal best time. When I beat someone and I didn't swim the fastest time that I wanted to, I didn't really feel like a winner. I felt, hmm, you know, it doesn't really have to do with them. I just didn't perform to my expectations or exceed them. Mm-hmm. And when I come in second or third or even last. If I do a personal best time, I'm going to be happy with it because that's how I'm judging myself. Right. And I know you didn't, you said before we started talking on the show tonight, you said that you didn't really write this because of the, you know, trophy for everybody kind of culture that we've gotten to, but I still think it kind of applies. I definitely think it does. And I think that's a great point because it really does talk to the fact that it's not so much about everybody getting a trophy or everybody not getting a trophy. It's how 
to be a champion for yourself while still being able to champion others. Mm -hmm. What are some of the specific suggestions and tips and ideas in the book that you talk about? Well, a lot of the tools that I talk about, there's a formula in there, but you'll have to get the book to to learn (laughs) more about that. But I definitely talk about how to maintain focus on yourself. And that's a really big part of it and how to keep a positive perspective and how to learn from your mistakes and not be disgruntled or discouraged by them. Mm. How it's really about healthy competition. And that's what my goal is. It's to promote healthy competition amongst peers. And I believe that when you have a healthy competitive atmosphere, everyone's able to shine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, I think that... Um, you can, everybody does better when you are all striving to do better. Exactly. I think it brings out the best in everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do do you uh, have any tips for people who are dealing with failure? Yes. Good question. That's a great question. Don't get discouraged. Failure is an opportunity to learn. And just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. I actually think that you need to fail to succeed. I, it's like happiness and sadness. You don't know what happiness is until you've been sad. And I'm not saying it's required, but I definitely think that it makes you a stronger person and it provides you with a different perspective and it gives you an opportunity to not give up. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, as a business person, I feel like you have to fail in order to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and you... Don't you're not striving hard enough if you aren't risking failure. I agree. You need to challenge yourself. And I think that's part of being the best that you can be. Yeah. Didn't Ray Kroc go bankrupt like 13 times before (laughs) he like found a McDonald's or something? I remember the first time I ever heard that. I was like, what? What a spirit you've got when you're willing after the first bankrupt, 12 more. And he kept going. Yeah, that's very inspiring. Right. It actually reminds me, too, of Thomas Edison. I think he said, uh, Somebody asked him what it was like to to fail 99 times at the light bulb. And he said something like, I I was just 99 chances to learn how to make a light bulb. Oh, see, that's awesome. Where can can people get your book? People can get my book by logging on to dgencinitas.com. It's available in ebook and print. And you can also purchase it on Amazon. Awesome. And it is Life Game Game On, A Competitor's Guide. Yes, by Danny Golden. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a great topic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Right. You know, I just had such a good time meeting her. I just, I, there's, with this, all this phony crap war on women stuff, I mean, to talk to a gal who's like a competitor and a swimmer and book author, you know, you can achieve it. You know, it's so demeaning to me, the game that the left is trying to play on women and on Americans. It's all a part of the revolution that I talked about before the show. One of the ways that they're able to change America from within is the taking over the school system and, you know, control the message and control minds and the message that they've been playing on Americans for a long time through the school system is through um, the identity politics. It's starting in the schools. You know, um, this whole thing I talked about before the interview about um, and and we're going to hear a lie predict tomorrow night in tomorrow night's debate. We're going to hear a whole lot about equality. We're going to hear about income equality. We're going to hear about um, social equality and justice and and all the different buzzwords that all have to do with 
convincing Americans that whatever problem they've got going on in their life, the solution is a big government solution and divide us up, dangle a carrot. Um, Women, whatever your problem is, the government's going to answer it with giving you this free thing over here. Uh, Black people, whatever your problem is over here, we're going to solve it by giving you this. So it's always about equality. And the reality is, is there's no such thing as equality. Uh, and, and Peggy sent me something in the mail. It was a, a thing about conundrums. And there was a whole list of conundrums. I'm going to read you a couple and then we're going to take a, a quick break. Free people are not equal and equal people are not free. And that's so true. There's no such thing as equality. I can have two people come into me and you better be competitive if you want to succeed in America because you have to compete in every aspect of your life. What's a job interview? It's a competition against other people who are applying for the job. Every And when you're, when you're doing the job, you're competing against your fellow coworkers. At least you better be because, you know, if they, it comes time for a layoff, the, the successful ones and the performers are going to keep their jobs and the other ones aren't. At least that's the way it should be. Under a Marxist society, though, where everybody's paid the same, and yeah, you're gonna, everybody's going to be you know, given equal outcomes, but there's no chance at um, success. It squelches ambition. So there's no need to be competitive because you've got the government controlling. Yeah, they're going to guarantee you a certain outcome, and that outcome is going to be mediocrity spread across the board for everybody, if not misery spread across the board for everybody, like we're seeing with being told in Venezuela, you know, to eat fried rocks, okay, because they don't have any food on the shelves. So, you know, I'm hoping we're going to hear a lot about different forms of equality issues tomorrow night in the in the Democrat debate, and we're going to hear all about the ways that a big government's going to solve those problems for people, but the Republican Party needs to get this message across to people that free people are not equal and equal people are not free. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more Andrea K. Show on the other side. sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites sombrero your place for San Diego style Mexican food roll tacos California burritos and don't forget your salsa we get it too the Sanctuary Day Spa is offering Synergy Cellulite and Toxin Reduction Packages for half price. If you ever wanted to decrease the appearance of stubborn cellulite, now is your chance. Get the body you've always wanted. The Sanctuary Day Spa has been seen in Weekly Life and Style, Marie Claire, and also been voted Best Boutique Spa by Ocean Magazine. Don't miss this opportunity to treat yourself and feel good about it. Go now to CrazyPriceMall.com to get this amazing deal. That's CrazyPriceMall.com. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. 
You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Ooh. Hey, that's the song that we were thinking about using for my open. Yeah, I'm thinking that's, I'm thinking that's the way we're going to end up going, Todd. Hey, this is the Andrea K. Show. So glad to be uh, sharing these two hours with you. We're rounding out. We're, we're coming around. We're in the fourth quarter. Hopefully, I'm going to have a better result than the Chargers did tonight. <laughs> hey, I'm over it. Hey, before the break, we were talking about competition. We had a great guest on the show tonight, Danny Golden, who wrote a book called Life Game On. And she's hoping to restore the idea of how competition is great. It's a good thing. And you know what? Uh, You know, we're not a Marxist country yet to where the government's telling us all how much money we're going to be making in our jobs. And all of our jobs are the same and equal outcomes are determined for us by the government. So you better get on board with some competition if you want to be able to feed yourself right now. And um, because free people are not equal and equal people are not free. A couple of other conundrums that Peggy sent to me, and I and I think that these are not just catchy phrases that should be on bumper stickers. I think they're so dead on that the Republican Party needs to start working them into their talk tracks because we're I mark my words tomorrow night we're going to hear a whole lot about different forms of of inequality and justice. What was that Million Man March crap all about with Reverend Wright and Farrakhan chanting? Down, down, USA, down, down, USA. It's all about, you know, um, convincing Americans that America's bad and the system is bad and it's evil. And they want Americans to be angry at the system because they want to change the system into into Marxism and um, with the concept of social justice and equality. Uh, So here's some more conundrums. America is capitalist and greedy, yet half the population is subsidized with other taxpayers' money. Hey, don't be sitting around acting like, you know, you're a victim of some greedy people when you're taking their money, okay? Um, Something that the Republican Party needs to point out. And here's the second one. Um, Half the population is subsidized, yet they think they're victims. They think that they're victims— Yet their representatives run the government. Hey, African-Americans, are you really victims of the government when it's your man, Obama, in office? And oh, by the way, how many trillions of dollars have we spent on the war on poverty and you're still poor? Oh, that keeps me to the next one, moves me to the next one. Their representatives run the government, yet the poor keep getting poorer. The poor keep getting poorer, yet they have things that people in other countries only dream about. Yet they hate America, right? They have things that people in other countries only dream about, yet they want America to be like those other countries. So this transformation, this revolution that they've been perpetrating on us and this trans to transform us into other countries, um, the, the Republican Party needs to remind the American people exactly the results of what's happened everywhere sociali- socialism and Marxism have ever been implemented. It's been a disaster Everywhere it's been implemented. It's absolutely crazy that we are in a position like the Investor's Business Daily article talked about. It's insanity that when we've got examples all around the world of how people have been murdered en masse, starving en masse under these very systems, that we have a government right now and and even a presidential candidate who's going to be on the stage tomorrow night who's drawing 20,000 people to try to get the system over on us on America. And the Republican Party needs to start working this into their talk track. It's just crazy. Hey, you know what else is crazy? What else is crazy is what's happening up in La La. She is back by popular demand. In fact, none other than Dan Perry asked to have her back. Hey, Della, I don't know where you've been lately, baby. It's been too long since you've been on the Andrea K Show. I've been in a secret bunker. Oh, you have. 
I have. Hopefully that mm-hmm. secret bunker hasn't involved anybody that you really don't want to be bumping up next to. Well, that's the whole point, because I've been a little scared of the Hollywood star whackers. <laughs> All right. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, we got to keep a rated G here on the Andrea K show, Della. Okay. PG-13 at the most. I'll try to do my best. Uh-huh. This is the weird story of Randy Quaid and his wife, Evie. Oh. Randy and his wife, Evie, they were um, charged with a couple of different crimes in California re- re- involving vandalism and trespassing of a property that they claimed that they owned. So they fled in 2010 to Canada. Evie is a U.S. uh, and Canadian uh, dual citizen. So they they fled by car into Canada where they got to Vancouver and discovered that they could not, in fact, drive to Siberia. They could not drive what? To Siberia (laughs) from Vancouver. (laughs) So they thought that they were on a road trip to Siberia. Yes. Okay, maybe that maybe that explains the beard and the crazy hair he was wearing today. He was going mountain man. Okay. Yes. So they sold their Mercedes so that they could go green and live in their Prius with their dog, (laughs) all their clothes, their pillow and their blankets. Okay, in spite of the fact that a Prius is not exactly the size of an R V. Okay. Well, but according to Randy, it's quite roomy, and he and his wife, Evie, the former um, uh, Helmut Lang model who was known for having pictures of her her nether regions pierced, um, they're long-legged, but there's more room in the Prius than you would imagine. So what's recently happened with Randy, who who claims that the Hollywood star whackers, which he's named, and I'm not going to name because it's all alleged, are somehow involved with the the Scientology Celebrity Center, and they are responsible, maybe, for the deaths of of, uh, David Carradine, Heath Ledger, and the uh, mercury poisoning of Jeremy Priven during the stage show of something, The Plow, that was that awful thing with Julia Roberts. Oh, So they've now been detained uh, and and now being held in Vermont where they were attempting to cross into the United States and the Canadians were afraid they were going to get away and and they didn't want them in their country. So they're being held on $500,000 bond right now in Vermont uh, pending extradition to California to face these charges in Santa Barbara. Okay, now the thing is is that when you tell me something like he just laid out there with the mercury poison and this and and the Heath Ledger and that, my initial reaction would normally be, are you kidding? Could that man be any crazier? But when you add Scientology into it, I mean, what's crazier than Scientology? Uh, There's nothing crazier about it except that Randy is very lucid in some YouTube videos. Of course, he was nominated for an an Oscar um, for his portrayal in The Last Detail, and he won a Golden Globe for playing LBJ, another kind of pervy character, but we won't get into that. Um, so he is he is a great actor. He's been mm-hmm. in 70 plus films. Really? Uh, but yeah. when you're hiding out in a Prius in Canada with your mm-hmm. your dog and your 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 wife and you're trying you're hiding for five years. I don't know. He's either something's going on or he is crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, and he must be because I mean, really, Dennis Quaid could have helped him out. Dennis Quaid could have set him up and at least in like, a, you know, a, um, you know, a suburban. Something bigger, maybe not an RV. At least he could have outfitted him in, you know, a four-door, you know. Well, but you know, I mean, you. 
if you were Dennis Quaid, would you want to get involved with these with these star whacker people or get on their bad side? <laughs> not me. I wouldn't do it. So no, you know, I'm not sure. Her, but I didn't see her in court, but the image of him walking in, woo! He spent a little mm-hmm. too much time in that Prius and not near enough time in the shower or in well, you know the barber shop. Okay, he, you know, it just goes to mm-hmm. show. You know, when they say it's the land of La La, it's La La Land. It is. It is. It's Lala. Now, speaking of Lala and crazy people, particularly crazy people with bad hair, I saw a picture of Whoopi Goldberg on Facebook mm-hmm. and the story mm-hmm. that The View has been canceled. Now, what can you tell us? Now, yeah, now I know you must have the inside scoop. You've actually been to The View before. I have two times. Um, the shows, there's always rumors. I mean, people want it to be, you know, you know, get the axe, but not not so much yet. The latest thing was that Raven Simone decided they were doing a little bit about, you know, they're doing a little comedy thing. They throw this stuff out there, something to do with, you know, ghetto names. And it's all ha, ha, ha. And Raven mm-hmm. Simone says, well, you know, she she's kind of discriminates. And she would never hire anybody that was named Watermelandria. <laughs> See, I like Raven Simone. Uh, you know, if, my favorite if it wasn't for the rest of them, you know, I might actually watch it just for her. Although, know, speaking of bad like, hair, I mean, she's got some really crazy bad ghetto hair. But anyway, she's got that but, you know, bad but, hair. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, water melandry, I mean, she made that up. But, you know, I went out and looked and there's been a number of studies going all the way back to 2009 and not necessarily having to do with ghetto. But, you know, strange and unusual names. There's so many applicants applying for jobs that you know, it's any anything can get you thrown in the trash can and weird and unusual. Bobby Jindal changed his name. Well, yeah. He Americanized his name. You know, so, and, you know, so was there controversy or backlash on her for saying Yes. That? She's now having to apologize. Her own father came out and made made a public statement about her using he saying and using the S word. This so is she's ridiculous. had to come out and apologize. I mean, I used to love that TV show Martin with Martin Lawrence was the main character and he played a, a female character who lived down the hall from him and her name was like Shaniqua. And, you know, her toenails were so bad she had somebody had to bring in like a, a carpenter saw or something like to file down her toenails. I mean, it's like it was hilarious. It was one of his regular characters. It's like he wouldn't even be able to Martin Lawrence wouldn't even be able to do his TV show now in this climate. No. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, what no. can you tell me? Speaking of ridiculous and speaking of false reports or true reports, the question was posed to you yesterday about about Bruce slash Caitlin because supposedly reports are going around that he's saying he wants to be called Bruce and he like is you know like wants to rewind on the whole situation. What do you know about this? Well, that's just baloney. Is it? That's that's just baloney. He's so he's happy with this. So so he's of happy that course. he. All right. Well, speaking of, of course, baloney, he's making his ex-wife crazy. I mean, that's enough motivation to keep going by Caitlin. That's probably why he did it in the first place. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I'd be doing anything I could to get under that woman's skin. Oh, I mean, it's so annoying. The uh, first, the first family of America, the, the the Royals family of America. It's like, you know, kudos to them for making a gazillion dollars, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, they represent. Well, no. they do. Re- well, they do represent a certain political ideology, and that's why they were on the cover. That's why they were told that they're being used for a political mm-hmm. agenda and, and for you know liberal you know movement or whatever. And they don't care as long as the checks are getting cashed. 
Okay, you can call them whatever you want as long as the checks are getting cashed. Hey, you, yeah. your money every time you're on the Andrea K show, Della. We got to leave it there, baby. Unless there's I'm something going, else you want to share. Um, I'm going to lock the doors because I don't want them Hollywood. You know, I've come out now public about these whackers, and I don't want them. <laughs> I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna hunker down. Ooh, keep it safe, Della. Get back in your mm-hmm. bunker, girl. Love you. Talk mm-hmm. Love you. Mwah. Mwah, baby. Bye bye. Um, Always so good to hear, Miss Della. That was especially for you, Dan Perry, because I don't know how many other people who listen to the Andrea K. Show are really that interested in what's happening with Whoopi Goldberg in The View or or Randy Quaid. Although I actually just always enjoy hearing about the the nuttiness that's happening up in in L.A. It's really funny because you know, actually, it's not funny, but you know, Hollywood has just been uh, completely taken over. It's it's. You know, it's like I used to watch, I was so looking forward to this season. Homeland became my favorite show for a while. I don't know if you ever watched that show, Todd. It was brilliantly acted, brilliantly scripted. It was about the CIA, and it was just fascinating to watch. The lead actress, Claire Danes, just did such an amazing job on the show. And, I mean, it... They could have done a little, gone a little bit farther with the radical Islamist um, element in terms of the threats that we face. But I still thought that they did a really honest and really good job. And then I found out before this season that they had decided to go in another direction. And they decided that they weren't going to have the perpetrators of the, the, and have the threats uh, to our nation's security and the CIA have anything to do with radical Islam. I thought, well, who? It wasn't a gang of Swedes that took down the Twin Towers in 9-11? I mean, come on. Is it North Koreans? Yeah. No, they're over in Germany somewhere, oh. and it's got something to do with, you know, with, you know, cyber crime or something, which doesn't have anything to do. If you're if you're going to make it be about that, then have it be about China. Okay. It, it wasn't Germany that, that, you know, stole all the identities of, you know, hundreds and thousands of government workers going back 40 years. But that's just Hollywood. Just every show, everything is about pushing the political correct line. And I don't have time to get into it. I could do a whole show on this topic. Um, but I think it was Peggy who posted a great article on Facebook called The Ten Key Ways to Break the Mass Delusion Machine. I think this came from the Federalists. They write such great articles. And she, the the uh, author of this wrote this article and she's got it's really extensive it's eight pages and I think I might pick like one a week to talk about because you know if we are going to take our country back tonight's show was about a revolution it's happening to us they it, they have been revolutionizing us for a long time in the past six and a half years it's been really pedal to the metal if we're going to take our country back we got to think about how we're going to do it besides just like complaining um, all the time and, um, you know, I asked Bill Gray earlier, are you prepared to actually do something about it? And he said, yes. Well, this article actually has some ways in which we can take our country back. I said earlier, control the media, control the message, and you control minds. It's so much of the battlefield of what's going on is taking place in our minds. Tomorrow night on that CNN debate, we're going to hear a whole lot of buzzwords, a whole lot of things like social justice and equality and things that sound really good and feel good measures, like common sense solutions to gun control. And, you know, they, they've got such a way of mastering the language on us. And, and it's really infiltrated our society, just like taking competition away. That's all about indoctrination us into this false thing of equality. Free people are not equal and equal people aren't free. One of the things, and it kind of ties into Della here, one of the first things she says is first tip, and these are all about tips and suggestions on ways to fight 
what's going on. Fight this this indoctrination and this cultural shift that they've managed to, to do with our minds. She says, drop political correctness. And she says, political correctness is all about propaganda compliance. I've never quite heard it mentioned that way. She says, uh, propaganda compliance is the engine of the propaganda machine, and it produces mass delusion. And she says, it's a calculated process of molding opinion through psychological manipulation. I love this because in sales, I did corporate sales for a lot of years, and we really understand how to get inside somebody's head and crawl around. And that's what this is. And she says, look, first things first, you can't beat your competition unless you understand your competition. This is the first thing to understand about them is what they're doing with political correctness and uh, the, uh, the propaganda compliance. She says one of the ways they do it is saturation and suppression. Saturation is the pre- practice of repeating a deception relentlessly and injecting it into every corner of our public life. And, and a perfect example of that, um, and, until it becomes proof. And she says the perfect example of that is how they've saturated the media and pop culture with talk, with its ta- and its talking points through Bruce and Caitlyn Jenner, an incessant Hollywood shilling. And she says suppression is the practice of quashing any ideas that compete with that PC message. And so um, we, when, and another example of that is with what happened with Roseburg, Obama com- quickly coming out with a gun control uh, message because he saw an opportunity to get his executive. He's got a year and a half left to get our guns, and he's immediately jumping on it, exploiting it any way he can. After he goes to Roseburg, he comes down here to $33,000 a plate, I think, fundraisers, you know, just doing everything he can to exploit these dead people. So then when Carson comes out and says, hey, look— you know, Holocaust might not have happened if the people hadn't been forced to give up their their arms. Well, he was a challenge to that message because we were saturated, saturated in the media with gun control, gun control, gun control. So when he came out and he challenged that, he had to be suppressed. And they've done everything they could to destroy him. We need to understand, Americans need to understand the game that's being played. So I'm loving this, and I'm thinking that I might, like maybe every week, talk about... Um, this article and maybe pick a couple of points. The second one we're going to get into next time is realize personal relationships are the target. So I'm loving this article. Thank you, Peggy, for posting it. Hey, thanks you all for joining me tonight. It's been super fun. We've talked about the revolution. We've talked about gun control. We've talked about um, the elements of the revolution beyond gun control from Carson, what they're doing there. We've talked about Iran and Syria, what's happening there. We even had some fun with the Bellatrix Business Block and Della. I've mostly had fun with you all here. I'm on Craig's Sewing Show now every Tuesday, and that airs right here on AM 1170 every 6 p.m. to 7. I'm on Close Up then after that tomorrow night from 8 to 10 p.m. And then I've also been on, I'm not sure if I'm on this week, but I've been on every Wednesday or Thursday night on Dr. Gina's show, America Trends TV on YouTube America. So I'll keep you posted on Facebook if I'm going to be back on that show this week. And um, I want to hear more from you throughout the week. Also on Facebook. Like my Facebook, my fan page as well. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Download the new interactive AM 1170 The Answer app. If you download it and you live in San Diego, you can even enter to win a $100 gift certificate for Vigilucci's. Um, That's it. Hope you had a great night. I'm bummed about my chargers, but I'm going to move past it. Right, Todd? Thank you, Todd, for doing a great job tonight. Thank you all for listening, and I love you all. Have a great week, everybody. Don't like it. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.